Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each episode showcases one of Davy's certified arborists sharing advice with everyone about caring for your trees and landscapes. We'll talk about everything from introduced pests, seasonal tree care, deer damage, how to make your trees thrive, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined this week by Michael Sundberg. He's a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Southeast Denver. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, but we got to talk about New Year's resolutions for the landscape. Uh, do you do New Year's resolutions uh, for other I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. Let's, yep. start, let's start there. How are you going to make your life better after the new year? I'm probably going to cut back on some sweets uh, <laughs> after, especially this holiday, you know, a lot more time uh, spent hanging out inside and lots of cookies and things. So I think it's a good, good time to try to resolve to do that. A little less sweets, maybe a little more exercise. So All right. It sounds good. I could use the exercise. That's for sure. I'm not a sweets person, but maybe I should cut down on uh, all that uh, savory stuff like cheese and uh, dried meats, that kind of crazy stuff. But how about the landscape? When you're thinking about that, when you're thinking about your trees, what should change uh, when we get to the new year? Yeah, I think for me, just going right out of the gates in January for a New Year's resolution, um, wintertime is always tough to to feel like you have obligations and things to do in the yard. Um, but for us in Denver here, we have a really dry climate. So doing winter watering is uh, very important for us. Um, I find myself getting kind of hemmed in over the winter time because it's just cold and you don't really think about doing yard stuff. But in reality, I need to probably do a New Year's resolution of getting out in my own yard more frequently and, and watering things. So that's a big first one for me is is, uh, is don't sleep over the winter and hibernate and actually pay attention to things because the, the trees are still doing processes. So um, they still need some attention. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your winter out there. Uh, you know, in the east, once the ground freezes, we stop watering. Uh, we haven't had uh, the ground freeze yet out here, which is very unusual. And But we've been getting plenty of rain, so the trees have been watered. What's going on on your side of the country? We've had a really unusual off-season. Um, we went into the fall after a really dry summer um, without any real fall moisture. So we actually went past our latest date we've ever had um, before snow fell by, I think, a couple of weeks um, which is an, like an all-time record. So we we didn't have snow like we normally do in the fall. Um, typically, growing up, you could count on it snowing on Halloween when you're trick-or-treating, of course, just for bad luck of, of what day it snows. But we, we didn't get our first snowfall um, till like December, mid-December, I think. Um, and we've had basically one measurable snow uh, to this current day. So we've had uh, an insanely dry winter so far, and, and maybe we'll just pay for it in the spring with lots of moisture. Um, but the trees are asking what's up because we've typically had lots of snow by now and, uh, the mountains are getting a good amount. Our snowpack is, um, about at a hundred percent, but all the snow has been just saved for the mountains. And by the time the storms got to Denver, it's just cloudy days and then it passes and we're back to sunny, warm and windy. So I don't think there's anything more frustrating, uh, for anybody that deals with plants, then not enough rain or moisture. Uh, you know, the other side with too much rain, yeah, there are there are problems, there are diseases, but boy, 
you know, a, a drought is the worst thing. So when you're thinking about watering trees, tell me exactly how, how you would do it. And, and from the, you know, two inch tree to the big tree, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, just as far as a, a service that we provide at Davey, we will bring water to people's trees. We bring it on a truck, it you know pumps through a hose and we probe it into the ground. So we're typically going around the drip line of the tree with that to apply the moisture kind of where the most um, absorbing roots are going at like where the canopy ends um, and going down to the ground to kind of line up where you're, where you're watering. But um, you know, that's, us bringing water to the trees. Homeowners can bring water to their trees by just hooking up to their faucet. Most people's faucets are, are set up to where you can just put your hose on it, open it up, do your watering, disconnect your hose, um, avoid any freeze damage and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you're just trying to water your root zone. So new trees, you're kind of just watering the whole root ball area. Um, that's basically from the trunk out about three feet. If it's like those new two inch trees, which are probably the most important for watering because they have the fewest roots to try to survive a drought, um, on established mature trees, you know, you're still just trying to get the area wet underneath the canopy, similar to what a, a rainstorm might bring, um, just to kind of simulate that and give the tree the feeling that it's been raining. <laughs> I always tell people almost just water, like you have grass and, uh, the trees will get some benefit from that. So, yeah. So when we're deciding how much water to put on. Is there is there a way to figure that out, uh, you know, as far as the size of the tree or anything like that? Or you just kind of soak it at the root zone and, and let it run for 15 minutes? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I try to look at it more of just keeping the top foot of your soil, top 18 inches maybe, uh, moist. Because it's, it's hard to give someone just direct numbers as far as, well, water this size of tree for this many minutes. Because it just depends on the outflow of what kind of sure. nozzle they have. Or is it just a hose wide open? Or what's their house pressure? Um, so it's, it's kind of tricky just to throw like a, a time measurement on it. Uh, you're really just trying to target your top 18 inches to foot of soil to keep it moist, um, kind of evenly dispersed. You don't want to have runoff cause then you're just wasting it. So you don't want to have water going down your neighbor's property and into the street or something. Um, so that's kind of how I look at how to describe how much water, um, in a perfect world, trees might be getting about 10 gallons of water per trunk inch diameter. Um, but that'd be a lot of water to give it all at once in just one winter watering visit. You need Mother Nature to kind of make up the deficit that's left after you've watered um, what you've watered. But unfortunately for Denver here, we've had a, a real tough go at having Mother Nature hold up her end of the deal. So uh, moving on with our New Year's resolution, I'm going to head you towards mulching because after watering, that's the natural one to me. And something that a lot of people don't do, and of course... On the Talking Trees podcast, we talk a lot about the right way to mulch and certainly mm -hmm. the wrong way to mulch. Uh, it, it drives everybody who loves trees crazy when they see volcano mulch. Yes, yes. Please don't volcano mulch and, and pile it all at the trunk. Um, you know, you just want a, a few inches of mulch evenly dispersed. Um, you don't want it mounted around your trunk and, and uh, trap moisture there where the trunk tissue doesn't want to stay wet all the time um, like the roots might want to. But um, mulching, as far as the New Year's resolution, is a real good one because um, a lot of yards either need mulch and currently don't have it. They might have um, just bare dirt going up to their trees or uh, might have turf going right up to the tree trunk where mowers are damaging it or string trimmers are hitting the tree trunk. And you can put a mulch ring around to kind of give yourself a little defense layer around them. Um, but for people that do have mulch, a lot of people will um, kind of fall by the wayside and then their mulch blows away or 
it gets all matted down and, and actually can repel water if it's too compacted. Um, you almost need to have a New Year's resolution of going and at least fluffing the mulch you have, kind of restoring it, maybe adding a new layer, um, just paying attention to it because it's, it's always one of those jobs you feel really accomplished once you've put your mulch down and then you feel like you never have to touch it again. And uh, in, in reality, there's still some attention to be paid to it. So that's, that's a good resolution for sure. And then uh, is there anything special to mulch with or is bark mulch okay? Uh, what do you prefer? Um, I definitely like the the more like natural options with bark mulch, um, shredded, you know, wood chips, anything like that, because you'll still get some good or, um, organic matter in there and microbes doing kind of natural processes you would have uh, similar to like a forest floor, because all that is is just, you know, tree parts all getting recycled and mulched. Um, that being said, any mulch is better than no mulch. So if somebody has turf going up to their tree or like bare soil going up to their tree, even rock mulch is good. Um, you're still getting a good insulation layer between the roots and the top of the soil. So you get a benefit from that. Uh, it helps retain moisture. Um, rock mulch can get hot. So you want to kind of watch where you're putting it and not have it on, you know, a Southwest corner where it starts to create a little heat Island, but, um, any kind of a mulch is good to at least protect the soil from drying out and, uh, insulate like soil temperature swings as well. So, um, and you know, if you're, if you know, you're not going to be very good at paying attention to your mulch. Rock mulch is good because it is pretty much a, a one and done process. So you know, if a, a friend of mine did his whole backyard in rock mulch, and I just I wonder when he does sell the house, anybody who wants a change there is going to have a challenge. Anybody who has ever dealt with getting mm -hmm. to a property that has the rock mulch, I know it's effective, and I know for for him, he loves it. You know, he's he's, mm -hmm. he's put a barrier underneath it. You know, the a breathable barrier, and he doesn't have to weed as much. But, you know, I'm thinking, boy, if somebody wants to change there, that's not going to be any They're fun. Hauling rocks all day. Yeah, that's always tough. And, uh, it, you know, with with rock mulch or any kind of mulch, too, you still want to make sure your, your trees are getting watered. Um, you can't just say like, oh, they're mulch. They're fine. You know, you still need to make sure you're getting some kind of a watering um, set up with the trees. Um, you know, if you went from like all turf to all mulch or all rock, um, ripping out the turf sprinklers, you know, might be part of that process, but you need to find a way to have water still getting put down through an irrigation system. Um, you know, cause the trees have been used to that water their whole life. You know, I do have a couple questions about mulch. I like the, the natural look of, of, of mulches, but I see those dyed mulches. Mm -hmm. Is there any downside to those or is it okay? Um, I mean, there's probably a bit of an like environmental downside. In fact, that that's, it's painted. Um, you know, that's not just like a different color tree that was cut down and chipped up. Um, I mean, you can definitely get pretty cool landscape designs with those, but you're still putting down like just a bunch of painted wood chips that'll fade and degrade and it all, it all has to go somewhere into the, the ecosystem. So it's not, not my favorite with the, the colored mulches. And sometimes the colored mulches, they'll use a lot of, uh, like recycled wood pellets and things that were already like a treated lumber yes. and cause they are cheap and they paint well. So yeah. you don't have a great wood source going into it either. So, well, that's good to know. Uh, you know, as I said, I love the natural look, uh, and whenever I see that dyed mulch, I kind of scratch my head. And, and and for those reasons, thinking that now, have you ever seen anybody use the rubber mulch? I have. Yeah, that's been popular, um, especially people that have kids. They they like how the rubber mulch is, uh, you know, kind of kid friendly. Um, it's a good way to have some purpose out of uh, out of 
recycling tires and have some final home for those other than a, a landfill, but um, you don't get any of the microbial benefits. Um, it'll still physically act as a mulch to, you know, retain moisture, but it also gets hot because it's, it's just black rubber. So um, you might lose some of your benefits of retaining moisture by having the soil cook from rubber tires being laid on there. And, Oof. you know, it's, it's, it's not as beneficial as other forms of mulch. It's better than no mulch, but um, it's good for playgrounds, but maybe not the best choice for trees. Uh, I agree. And when I do see it or talk to homeowners, I'm always trying to, I, I know, I know they want the one time I'll mulch and I won't have to mulch again, but, oh, the negatives that you just put out there, especially, you know, when you think forest floor, mm-hmm. you know, that's what the mulch is. That's your forest floor. And as it decomposes, you're adding more mulch and this is feeding the tree. And this is a good thing where you're not going to get that out of the rubber mulch. So you heard it here first, uh, fluff your mulch, right? Yes, definitely. Pay attention to it. It, it gets kind of uh, all stuck together and matted and it doesn't do as, as well of a job as fresh mulch or uh, mulch that has some air in it. So fluffing is great. Okay. As the new year approaches, what's next on your list? I'd say next on the list, if, if people aren't doing it already, is you know consider doing fertilization for your trees. Um, it's kind of like you know we're, we're always looking at New Year's resolutions to, to exercise or eat better. Uh, trees can't really exercise, but they could eat better. And, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're looking at something you could do pretty easily, it would be doing, you know, fertilization with your trees with a nice slow release product. Um, you know, Davey makes our own Arbor Green Pro, which is a kind of a 12 month feeding for a tree. So it's a nice one and done deal. You can resolve to have the trees fed and they'll, they'll eat all year, but with all the, the right nutrients they want, um, at the, at the rate of breakdown that they want to have out of their food. So. Of, of the first three things we've talked about here, I think that fertilization is is definitely the thing that, that people don't think enough about for their trees and how important it is. And I know that when you guys apply that Arbor Green, you have a special way to do it, right? To get it down to the root yep. zone? Yep. Same principle as watering. We have it all in a truck and mixed up and pump it through some, uh, some pumps under pressure. Um, it goes into the soil at that, that kind of root depth where your roots are in, um, targeting that top foot. Uh, so it goes right where the roots need it. And, uh, it's, it's a nice painless thing to do where it's, it's a one-time deal. You don't have to go out and, you know, just like with the mulch, you're not going out and fluffing, you're fertilizing, you're just literally fertilizing and you're done with it for the year. So it's, it's an easy one-time deal to help your trees out. So if I was to go out myself and do it and just say I had a bag of, of something, a good organic granular fertilizer. That's what I like. I, you know, for, mm-hmm. for my, for my, I'm, I'm, as I talk to arborists all the time, I tell them I'm, I'm in the woods. And so a lot of acidic loving plants. And so holly tone for me is, is something I love. And, uh, I can just apply that looking at the, the rates on the bag. That's okay for something like a dogwood or a holly or something like that. That's uh, okay to do. Yep. And, uh, it's just like with, um, if you're fertilizing your grass, your trees will get benefit from that too. So, you know, don't, don't neglect grass either if you have fertilization going down for those. Um, but yeah, if you've got a good organic product, that probably means it's going to be a slow release. And so following the instructions on the bag would be the best way to know how much to put down. Um, you know, you can easily overdo it and that's worse than not doing it at all. If you burn plants, but, uh, slow release is always safer for that too. And, um, that just, you're paying attention to it then. So you're fertilizing things and that's, that's a good 
um, successful New Year's resolution. And you brought up a great point. Don't overdo it. Uh, we always see people, you know, they think, okay, one pound of fertilizer means green. Does two pound mean super green? No. Yeah. You know, exactly. the, the plant can only take <laughs> yeah. so much fertilizer. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a natural thing to think like, wow, this looked really great after I put it down. What if I put more? But um, you can cross over into too much really quickly uh, where plants are just getting burned instead because it's just too much salt basically. And that's, that's similar to how dog spots happen in lawns. It's basically, it was some fertilizing and then it became too much really quick and uh, nobody likes the look of that. So. so tell me a little bit about how you got into this and why this job's right for you. Um, when I was uh, going to school, I wanted to go into a, a career industry that was outdoors. Um, I, I think I had uh, a few too many indoor jobs that kind of burnt me out and I wanted to be outside. So I went into um, environmental horticulture up at Colorado State University. Um, right out of school, I did some golf course work cause I was interested in sports turf and I like sports in general, but ultimately, um, went the tree direction with, with Davey for the past nine years now. And, uh, it's been, it's been wonderful. I like looking at trees every day. Um, every day at the office is a, is a new experience cause I'm going out to somebody else's property I've never seen and get to kind of diagnose problems or look at trees that are in, you know, great shape and are trees that need help and find out how we can help those out. So. You know, I often asked Arborist this because I, I love to hear about it. I just tell me a little bit about that feeling of being able to go out to a property and assess a problem when people are really worried about their beloved tree and be able to tell them, guess what? If we do this and this and this, we're going to be good. Yeah, that, that's a great feeling when you when you show up to a tree that somebody called in about and they were concerned because they're seeing something um, and the problem that they're seeing may have a, a pretty easy solution. So it's nice when you can just say like, wow, I, I could see why you were panicked. This does look really bad um, just from the, the naked eye. But, you know, with these different remedies we can do, um, your tree's going to be in great shape and you're not losing it because nobody wants to lose something they've been growing for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, so when they see a problem, it's easy to go into panic mode. Um, but it's really nice to be able to say like, we, you know, we got your back, we got some things that can help. And, uh, and then, you know, you'll see the results as all those treatments work and everything. Uh, it's wonderful. So yeah. Michael, uh, how about one more new year's resolution for our tree lovers out there? I'd say pruning is one that comes up, um, as something that gets overlooked for, for longer than it should. So if you had the new year's resolution to pay attention to your trees, uh, especially after the leaves are out, you can see what's alive and what's dead. Cause that's the basic way a homeowner can see a dead branch, um, with an untrained eye and just to actually go and pay attention and see, okay, looks like I do have a lot of dead branches or broken branches that may have been there for longer than I can remember. Um, a lot of people will end up going like way too many years past like a normal pruning cycle for their tree species. And, and then it, 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 it's honestly more, more work and more costly that way too. Cause then there's a lot more work to do in the tree and, uh, it's more expensive then. But if, if people are paying attention to their pruning needs and, and seeing what, their trees are doing a lot of people will have a tree um, scraping up on the side of their house and not realize it. So if they never pay attention to that and take a look at their trees for pruning, it's like, oh yeah, you've got some clearance issues here because this is actually damaging your siding. You need to get this branch pruned off and you know get the deadwood out and those kind of things. Um, that's a great one because once people prune, they always feel like, okay, I've pruned, I'm good for a while. But then that that while turns into far too many years and. Uh, be good to resolve to take a look at it if it's been a while. 
you know, and I always tell people, I recommend having an expert do the pruning, especially, oh, yeah. if you, especially if, if you're, you're getting into a, a bigger tree, you know, have a professional do it. I always say pruning is art and science. Not everybody agrees with that, but I, I just think it's almost impossible to learn how to do it unless you're, you've really spent time with an expert to show you how to do it. I, I don't care how many books you look at, you know, yep. when you see a, a, the tree, the real tree, it, it's just, it's so important to do it right because when it's done wrong and trust me, well, we both have seen what yeah. happens when it goes wrong. It is ugly. Yep. And, um, it's one of those things where when it's, it's done wrong, it's, it's pretty, it's a oftentimes a permanent, um, problem for the tree. So it's not just going out and like, I'll cut here, cut here. And the tree grows back. It's like, it, it creates a whole domino effect of problems. If it's, if it's done, not, you know, by somebody that's not a professional. Um, and that's just for like the, the tree biology side of things, um, the aesthetic side of things too. That's where the person that's pruned a ton, a ton of trees has the eye for it. And they're more of the, uh, the artist, doing the, where science meets art. Um, and then, you know, lastly would just be safety. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. there's tons of videos on YouTube of people doing it wrong and having all kinds of, uh, you know, injuries and, and things like that when they climb up a ladder and just swing around a saw and think it's, it's, uh, it's just more about get to branch and cut branch, but there's way more things involved than that to be safe. So, uh, the professionals, um, you know, can do it safely and then nobody gets hurt getting your tree pruned, <laughs> especially yeah, the homeowner. Exactly. And there's one more reminder that uh, an expert from Davy tree will come out for free and take a yep. look at what needs to be done and tell you, you know, what it's going to cost you to get this done. And, and when you talk about pruning, just, just what Michael just said there, a professional is going to make a big difference in how that tree looks and, and performs in the future. Well, Michael, that was all good stuff. Looks like you're going to have to stop eating so much candy, and looks like I'm going to finally have to start working out. But uh, that's okay, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll be in it together, so that's fine. We can do it. <laughs> all right. Thanks again. Those are great New Year's resolutions for our tree lovers, and I'm sure we will talk again. Thanks so much. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Believe it or not, tree lovers, the Talking Trees podcast is celebrating our one-year anniversary next week with a special show compiling some of our favorite stories from guests as to why they do what they do for a living. Plus, you'll have a chance to win a pair of headphones, too. So tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster, and do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. I hope you're having as much fun listening as I am hosting the show. As always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. 